you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your Atlantic Division best bets episode. We'll go over win totals, division bets, make and miss playoffs, all sorts of things related to the teams in this division, which include the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks, the Toronto Raptors, and the Brooklyn Nets. Everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. I tell you all the time, I'm not kidding. Not kidding. You really do need to download that app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You get all Brandon's stuff. Turn on notifications for Brandon so you know when he grabs a line because chances are it's going to move. Make sure to also check out our YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash The Action Network. And you can check out all of our great podcasts from Big Bets on Campus. Line Change, our hockey podcast, is back with the start of the NHL season. Playoff pitch for the Major League Baseball playoffs. And, of course, the Action Network podcast featuring Brandon and all of our great hosts, Talking NFL. All right, Brandon, let's get started. We're going to start with a team that you and I, um, well, we just could not possibly be higher on. I just don't think it's possible for us to be higher on this team than we already are. <laughs> we, uh, we, we should do best bets at the top first, yeah? Oh, we should do best bets. Let's go ahead and do best bets. List them out for me. What do you got for this division? Yeah, I think you forgot that partly because I think you and I both have our least best bets in this division. So I only really have one true bet here. I'm going to take the New York Knicks under six and a half seed at minus 120. So that's the Knicks to make the top six. And then I've got a few other leans we'll hit as we go. But I'll add into the top here. I will also sprinkle, so like a quarter unit play, on the Philadelphia 76ers to miss the playoffs at plus 650. Uh, I have the Celtics over still at their current number in the market. I will still take an over on them. Uh, I have the Toronto Raptors under on their mark. And that's going to do it for me in this division. Not much for me. I think the market's pretty sharp. We'll talk about... There's a lot to talk about with them. And let's start, yeah. like I said, with the Boston Celtics. So we were very high on Boston coming in. Um, I don't know if you know this, but they had Drew Holiday. That's the thing. Really a revamped yeah. team with the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart is gone. Robert Williams is gone. Malcolm Brogdon is gone. And instead, you got Drew Holiday and Chris Stapps Porzingis, who, by the way, looked awesome in this first preseason game action the other night. Boston Celtics win total in the market, 54.3. What do you project for the Boston Celtics? Yeah, so I lean over here, but I'm willing to be talked into a bet. I really want to bet this because I am quite high on the Celtics. As you said, I have them top five on offense and defense. I have them fifth offensively, third defensively. I have Boston projected between 54 and 60 wins. So that certainly looks over at any other number that was not so large. I would probably be playing an over here, at least a lean or a bet. It's just a very high number, but I do the team comps thing. I I compare them to Milwaukee the last couple of years, 2023, 2019. They're very similar to other Boston teams, though it's a different style of them, similar to 
the infamous Utah Jazz team that uh, is still only 10 wins away from winning the West and cashing my ticket for me, but was a regular season juggernaut. Uh, Effectively, they profile similar to best in the league regular season juggernaut teams. 55 win, 60 win plus monsters contending for the one seed, contending for championships all the way. I'm in on Boston. I just don't know if I need 54 and a half because it's a very high number and your trends have been very convincing. So if you want to look at at just 54 and up, 54 and up over the last 11 seasons, not counting 2020 because those bets were mostly voided. uh, You come out with 11 and eight to the under. So it's close. It's not like a big margin though. You would think that with plus with 50 or above and the trends we've seen with that, that 54 and a half would be even harder to hit. But it looks like if once you hit this range, there starts, it's still more, it's still tough to hit, but these teams are so good. They do tend to hit them. 2015, 16 Cavaliers went over as did the 2015, 16 Spurs, Um, the 2016, 17 Spurs and Warriors. I don't know if you remember that Warriors team being pretty good with Kevin Durant. Um, the 2017-18 Rockets, another team in this range. The 2018-19 Raptors, which won the title, another team in this range. And the 2022-23 Boston Celtics. I will contend that I was right to bet the under on the Celtics last year. Like, I just think that that was still the play. I don't regret betting that. So the question is like, why why aren't you doing that again, Matt? Because you bet it last year. And the numbers all say that you should bet the under. Um, This is in large part, Honestly, a model play for me. Um, based off of last season's power rating, I had them the number one team in the league. Like, talked a lot about how I love them to win the title, was fading the box, bet the Celtics, and it would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for those pesky Miami Heat. Uh, the <laughs> Celtics, I have projected Brandon at 58.5 wins. Closer to, to 59 than 55. That's so, actually right where I have them to add them at 59 myself. So I don't know what, the, like this team's really good. They, I had to upgrade them. So let's talk about like, the upgrade thing. Cause I think this is like a, a good exercise to kind of analyze how to evaluate this new team. Right. So we look at last season, the Celtics wind up topping out. They were five points better than an average team on neutral court. That's the most of any team in the league last year. I gave them a point and a half bump ultimately. And what this kind of comes down to is, Marcus Smart is still really valuable. He didn't have a great season last year, but he's still valuable. However, like I had already upgraded them significantly because Chris Stapps was so much better than Smart last year. Like Chris Stapps Porzingis was absolutely tremendous last year in large part because he was healthy. And we we will talk about this with Porzingis. If you're if you're just like, hey, the Celtics went under, what happened? I'd be like, oh, Porzingis got hurt. He had, I mean, he had plantar fasciitis in the summer. Who who gets plantar fasciitis in the summer? But the answer is Chris Apps Porzingis. But look, he's such a perfect complement for this team. <laughs> the the things missing for the Celtics were the their offense, as good as it was in the early parts of the season, because they shot an unreasonable percentage. Their big problem in the regular season and playoffs is that the offense would stall out. How do you fix that? The answer is not like you just add massive weaponry. You need reliable go-to mechanisms. Porzingis gives you that where you can run Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, pick and roll with Porzingis, run him for pick and pop. He's very good at mid-range. He's good from three or have him roll into the rim. Consistent mechanisms that can get you buckets. Separation, they have to maintain maintain awareness of where the big is at. That makes it easier for the ball handler to navigate. Score a little bit and pick and roll. Get away from all the perimeter stuff. Like, I don't, my personal stuff is like, I don't love the Celtics offense. I think it's too college. There's a lot of perimeter passing back and forth. It's ISO heavy. I don't love Boston's offense at all, but it's really effective. It's been really, really, really effective. And then the other thing that like, how could you make this, this problem with the offense stalling better? Well, if you have somebody who's just a, a stable presence, it's funny because people talk about Drew Holiday and they're like, well, he's not a real point guard. And I'm like, Drew is absolutely a floor general. He'll get you organized. He doesn't, that doesn't mean he has the ball. It means that these problems where the Celtics are disorganized, Drew Holiday helps with. On yep. top of now, like this defensive sequence of Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum with Chris Apps Porzingis. That's an incredible defensive combo. The sacrifice here is depth. They get a lot, they are not as nearly as deep. They gave P- Peyton Pritchard this big extension. I'm I don't I don't get it. This is just one of those like he's fine. 
I don't. I, I, I think it's a, he's fine, and also you need like one of those middling contracts on the books for trade purposes too. Yeah. At some point, I, I think it's right. a little bit of both columns. So look, I just think that this is going to be an elite team on both ends, and I, my worry is that I was skeptical of their jump that they made in 2021-22 last year and bet the under. Joe Missoula somehow wound up being a pretty terrible coach in the end, and they still went over. <laughs> so there's a part of me that's like, what if I'm right? What if I was right? And they're going to turn back into a pumpkin. The clock's going to strike midnight. But I don't have any evidence to back it up. All the evidence is like, this is an elite team, especially when they are healthy. They're going to miss Marcus Smart, but they still have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. The pieces they added are good. This is the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I think really we have a lot of evidence on this team, and the evidence all says they're going to be a really, really good team. Defensively, they're top seven in five of the last six years. Defense is not super sticky, so to be that good year after year tells you what you need to know. And quite frankly, I don't know that I can say they're going to miss Marcus Smart. Like, from a leadership standpoint in a locker room, I definitely agree there, but Drew Holiday can be the leader. He's been a leader. Drew Holiday's a better defender than Marcus Smart. And he's a way, way better offensive player. Way better. Like, that's the thing is, we took away Marcus Smart and Grant Williams from this team. Both very good defenders, very important switchable defenders. It's going to change their defensive identity. But offensively, those two guys were like abject negatives to this offense. If you look at all the all the advanced metrics tell you, like, that's just that that's not helping the offense when Smart and Grant were on the court. So I think the offense gets a lot better. And... The offense has been great. Top 10 offense, five straight seasons in a row. And last year, one thing that they did do with Missoula, and I want to push back a little bit on your, your Missoula thing. I think you're doing a little bit of the thing you often accuse NBA casuals of, which is Missoula did not look great in the playoffs. There were a lot of big moments and big decisions that we remember, but like he took over in a very, very difficult spot and carried this team to a great season. Like there were a lot of other, maybe he didn't carry it, but like he, he, he did not carry them. He was yeah. at the home. Right. Like, we got to give some credit there. And the one thing he did do is we saw a big leap in threes last year from this offense that I think really helped the offense. Even, I agree, the pass around the perimeter thing I don't love, but three is greater than two. And we kind of got there a little bit more last year with this team. Drew Holiday, I think we focus on all those like 39% playoff games from the field, Drew Holiday. But the fact of the matter is, he's not going to have to be in that role on this team because they've gotten more offense than Milwaukee had. And and frankly, because he doesn't have to be the guy being like, well, shoot, we can't do anything else right now. Giannis can't attack because he won't want to try to get to the line right now, which is still a thing. Like this team's not going to have that. Just give the ball to Jason Tatum. And he's going to like, I don't love that offense personally, but I I trust it better with Tatum, you know, in the last few minutes of a game, hopefully not Hopefully not glass hand. What do we call base hand? Base hand Jalen Brown. It's been a minute. Hopefully not him, but there there are other options on this team. Porzingis being a good option. Al Horford being a plausible option as a a playmaker. Um, The concerns for me in this team are, do they have enough bigs? It's just just Al and Kristaps. And I love both those guys. And if they're healthy, I feel fine with that. Is Wenyan Gabriel erasure and I won't stand for it? Yeah, I, I said what I said. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, Wenyon's a good defender, so I think he's a nice addition to this team. Uh, if they lose Al or Kristoff for very long, I'm I'm concerned. And I think that's part of why I don't want to go too crazy on an over here, especially because, like, if the plantar fasciitis thing's not gone yet and it kind of rears its head in season, there's no reason Boston's not going to just, like, shut it down for a while and be like, look, man, just fully, fully get healthy. We We want you in April and May and June, because we expect to play all those months and just take off January. It doesn't matter to us. Like we'll, we'll, Boston has to think like, I think they'll want to be the one seed, but like if they get a bunch of injuries and they just had to get in as the five or the six, who who cares? Like they've done it. They've been there. They're not going to push. So that does worry me a little bit here. I I need your help with the depth thing. And we, we talked about this a little bit, but help me out here on the podcast. So Here's who they lost from last year by by minutes played on the team. Grant Williams was fourth in minutes. Marcus Smart was fifth. Those guys both ate up a lot of regular season minutes. Malcolm Brogdon was seventh. Robert Williams was ninth. Between those four, 
That's 6,500 minutes lost. They're replacing them with Drew Holiday, who does not always play like a 3,000-minute season. So probably 2,200-ish minutes from him. Porzingis, who is definitely lower than that, about 1,500. They're missing from those four guys to the two new guys just under 3,000 minutes. Like they're missing a Jason Tatum's worth of minutes, a full-on leading the team in rotation minutes player. That's a lot of minutes. And here are the options I see. We, you mentioned Peyton Pritchard, Wenyan Gabriel, Sam Hauser is going to shoot some shots. Luke Cornett is going to like jump and put his hands up in the air like he don't care. We got O'Shea Brissett and Delano Banton. It, I guess the answer is just like 500 minutes from all six of those guys. Like I, I'm a little concerned about the depth. And again, I, I'm in on this team long term. That's another reason why I'm a little hesitant on the regular season. I feel like you're less concerned on the depth than me. Is is the depth fine to you? Yeah, a lot of it is that their stagger ability, like even if they're missing some guys, I think they're going to be okay as far as that goes. Like I think it'll be all right um, with how those sequences play out because of, they also, I will say this, like they have a really good ability to, to find guys and develop them. Um, I like, I will say this. I'm a, I, I'm a little bit of a O'Shea Brissett guy. Okay. A little bit of one. And if you're like, but it's O'Shea Brissett. Okay. EPM last season, 41st percentile. Fine. Like, it's fun. you're just looking to get through this. And they're so I just, good about I just need some minutes. Just, yeah, just can you just hang on the court for a while? The, the minute thing I think is kind of interesting in that it's like, you know, you mentioned like a Jason Tatum's worth of minutes. Um, I actually think Jordan Walsh is probably going to wind up playing more than yeah, people think. I love Jordan Walsh. I think Jordan Walsh is going to play. He's impressed everybody in camp. Uh, so like Pritchard, Cornette, Brissett, Walsh. Wendian Gabriel. Wendian Gabriel. And that to me kind of gets you to yeah. the finish line with where they're going to be at. Like that to me is how this kind of gets there. Uh, Lamar Stevens, another guy that I think is like mm. perfectly serviceable for getting it through. You're not going to feel good about the depth because they've got too much in their starting unit. Like they got Drew and Jay and J and Jay. Like the Jays and Drew with Chris Stapps. That's just a ton of money stacked in there. So I think there's going to be there's going to be a big drop off, but I think they'll find enough options for them to get through the regular season. I don't expect that, like if they, yeah, if they suffer cluster injuries, then they're going to have problems, right? Yeah, like if true both the Jays miss, it's no like that's one of the differences in this year's team versus last year's team is that if Tatum was out and it was Smart and Jalen Brown and Robert Williams and Horford, you could get through, and with Brogdon and White, you could get through it. There was redundancy so much on the roster. Right. Like if smart was out, you still have Brogdon and white when Brogdon missed time, you still had smart and white. And now it's much more of like going to need some bigger nights from the main guys, which is maybe another reason to like Jason Tatum MVP stuff. That's kind of what I would say is like, look, do I think that this is a is, is an issue for sure? But still, if we look at their their top guys are going to be so good, like they're 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 top seven ish, I guess, of. Holiday, Porzingis, Brown, Tatum, Horford, White is really good. Like that, that combo is, that, is really six, good. That's six, right? Not seven? That's six. The top six is really good. Seven yeah. is when we're starting to get a little shaky with Peyton right. Richard. Yeah, so I, I want to ask, just we, we, went, uh, we were focusing in a regular season here, but I think that, you know, the Celtics are a title favorite. So I, I have two questions I want to wrap up Celtics with. So question number one, like you, you and I are clearly very, very high in the Celtics, right? I, I think that we would expect them to to win the most games. That's certainly where we both are projecting them right now. I don't think either one of us would be too surprised to see them win 60 games. So my first question is, if you love this team in the regular season, if you think there's a juggernaut season in there, what's the way to bet it? Like what what's the high-end outcome bet of, okay, the Celtics won 62 games. They went 62 and 20 the next closest team finished with 54. So they're eight games clear of the field. They dominated everyone. They're top three offense, top three defense. Division odds are minus 240. I have a tiny slight bit of value on that. That's basically, that's an implied 71%. I have it slightly higher than that. Not enough to bet a minus 240 that I'm going to wait eight months for. No, thank you. Is it Jason Tatum MVP? Is it a 60-win season? I'm kind of a little intrigued by the idea of Drew Holiday Defensive Player of the Year as a long shot. We saw it on this team with a worse defender in Marcus Smart, and Holiday has an incredible reputation 
as a defender and as a human being, deserved both ways. What's the way to bet the top three percentile Celtics regular season to you? Well, let's look at the options here. Uh, there's a plus 200 most regular or 60 plus wins. So let's start there. So plus okay. 200, 60 plus wins. Most wins in the regular season. Uh, there's a plus 250. So I think we're already kind of going like, look, if they're if they're 60 plus, don't bet that. Bet them to have the most wins. Yeah, for because... sure. I'll take the most wins over the 60 plus because you can also mm-hmm. catch that at 59, 58, 57. Yeah. Most years in recent right. years, you're going to still win with that number. Yeah. Um, right, what else I think got? that's probably like the the kind of e- easy way to, to go about it. I don't necessarily think that like there's not a number I think that can really get us to what we think the ceiling is. Cause I do think like the ceiling is, and this is going to sound crazy, but I, I think the ceiling is like 65, 67, like that Spurs team yeah. that won the second most games in the league in 2017 or 16. That to me is like a good comparison here of like, they, they, yeah. they uh, could just absolutely have a monster. I don't even team. think that that's like a gunning for a record sort of thing. I think that's a, mm-hmm. they just stayed healthy all year and they're that good. And they went 66 and 16, totally in the realm of play. I gave out on our MVP podcast, Luca and Tatum were my two picks. I see Tatum on the market right now. I see a plus 900 for him. I think I like the Tatum bet better after this trade, just because historically speaking, it hasn't been as strong lately, but we give the MVP to the top seeds and the guys that win a lot of games. And like in the scenario I painted where the Celtics are five to eight games better than everybody, we know people love Jason Tatum. You and I have talked about like, is he, is he at that level? Is he at that top level? But like, if you're close and there's not another great candidate and you lap the field by five or 10 wins, that's a pretty like classic MVP profile. And I could even see people doing the thing we did last year a little bit in that like, well, shouldn't Tatum have an MVP at some point? Like this seems like a good year to give it to him sort of thing. I think Tatum MVP is maybe the right high end outcome version for this team, especially at a plus 900. What do you think about that? I like it. I think that there's a, I think if they win as many games as we think they're going to, Tatum is probably going to wind up as being the leader. I mean, we broke down all the reasons why we don't like the big three from the last three years on the MVP pod. You can go listen to that. But if we do the process of elimination and we go, got to be in the age range, not going to be Embiid, Luka, Giannis, got to win a ton of games, got to put up the stats, Tatum's the best choice. Like, I mean, what number would you have on Tatum to win more games than Luka this season? Like, what's oh. the margin? Right, I, I, a, a wide yeah. margin. I don't even have a number for it. I, I do have a. There's a special in the market I want to talk to you about. Okay, Tatum to average thirty plus points per game. Average thirty point one last season, by the way. Celtics to win the Eastern Conference plus four twenty five. That takes it plus plus one seventy five in the market for to win the East to plus four twenty five for Tatum averaging thirty. If you want to go the full way and you want to go championship, it's Tatum thirty plus Celtics win the title at plus eight fifty. So I hilariously just saw those odds like minutes before this podcast. Jason Tatum averaged last season 30.1 points per game. He was at just under 27 the previous two years. I I don't know that I need it. Like 30 is a big number and Chris Stop's going to score a bunch of points and take a couple shots away. And Holiday's going to get some buckets along the way. He's going to score yeah. more than Marcus Smart. If he's, if he's more of an engine, it may just be assist. And so the MVP is just the play. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if he scores over 30, then if he scores over 30 and they win as much as we do, then MVP, I think, is just the better play. But that does take me to the other question I want to ask, which is we're not doing title picture at all with these. We're doing regular season. But I think we have to with Boston. Look at the title odds because they're the favorite. I see right now the best number I'm seeing the market is a plus 450. If we are right that Boston is a juggernaut in the regular season, and we are a little bit tepid on the box comparatively. That's the other basically co-favorite at many books. Is there ever going to be a spot where you get to bet Boston at a better number? Because I normally I don't buy futures and I certainly don't buy futures for favorites this far out. I, let me clarify. Normally I do buy futures. That's my thing. Normally <laughs> I don't buy favorites futures, certainly this far out. If you like Boston to win the title, are you going to ever get a better number than a plus 450? I got to look up a number while we're doing this, because I think it's a really interesting question. I guess the way that maybe it happens is the, the outs where you get a better number is the Celtics are really good, but the Bucks are too. And the Bucks are the one seed now heading to the playoffs and get home court and are a really good team. So now you got a chance there. Or 
there's some juggernaut West team. I don't think you and I think that that's a case that like, like the Suns are the favorites in the West. I don't think you and I are really fearful of a world where the Suns are the 66 win team we're talking about. And everyone's like, oh no, the Celtics will never possibly hang with them. I don't think that's a thing we're fearful of. So I mean, so I here's the thing. It's a, it has to be a bet on, on Milwaukee. One of the reasons I've changed so much to, hey, don't bet anything that's shorter than, than 9 to 1. One of the reasons I've done that in the offseason. If you look at what the market is for these teams prior to the playoffs, you are sacrificing six months of information to get very little extra. The Boston Celtics, like, do you agree with me the Boston Celtics were a better team than the Milwaukee Bucks last year? They finished second, and they had to go for the Sixers. I get it. But, like, do you agree with me yes. they were the better team? Yes, and we thought okay. so at the time as well. Guess what their their line was, what their market number was to win the title before the playoffs, the Celtics. Like, at the playoffs starting? Yes. I'm going to say plus 600. Plus 350. Okay. Now, really? that's way short, right? Way it's way It's way short. But think about compared to this number, 450 to 350. And I get that you're like, but Matt, they added Drew Holiday. Sure, but you don't know if Drew Holiday is going to be there by the time that we get to the playoffs. You get six months of regular season information. Yeah. And it's going to cost you maybe, maybe a buck 50 here. Like, even if it's plus 200. For reference sakes, the Milwaukee Bucks prior to the playoffs beginning were plus 275. To me, the difference between two seven, like let's say that the Celtics have a season where they wind up as good as the Bucks' record was last year. But, and by, they by the way, I'm going to interrupt you because we're we're saying that we think they're going to be better than that. Like right. we we all doubted the Bucks last year into the playoffs. The underlying numbers said that they were not a strong one seed. We all thought that, and they had other teams that were strong up against them, like Boston, mm -hmm. and they even had Miami in the first round, which we all thought was going to be like not the easiest matchup in the world. So if that was a plus two seventy five and we're right that Boston puts up like a 60 to 65 win season in this high end outcome. I think you're now at like a plus 200 or something. And now we've sacrificed half of our ticket here that you're right that we get the more information in the six months, but half of the tickets, not nothing. Like I'm probably not betting a plus 200 ticket at the start of playoffs on nearly anybody. Interesting. Um, but even then you can just bet it round by round, right? Cause you would be just betting yeah, them round true. by round. And, and even game what's by the, game. What's the team that we want to kind of compare them to? Do you want to go as far as it would compare them to a Warriors team? No, they're definitely not the Warriors because we're back to the like the Tatum versus who's the best player sort of right. thing. So that, I think that's the problem. I, I would say I would want to look at maybe like uh, the Spurs in 2013-14-ish range. Like, yeah. like you want like the, the team effort. Are you looking at sportsoddshistory.com? I am. <laughs> this is riveting podcasting right now. No, but it's good. The San Antonio Spurs prior to round one in 2014 when they won the title were plus 330. Okay. So again, I just think that we're likely to get a number that yeah. is not going to be significantly off. Because here's the thing. I think you and I think that this team can be really good. But I don't know that they're going to be really good. Yeah. And I think too that even even though you and I are both down-ish on the Bucks in the regular season, that assuming that Dame and Giannis are healthy... I think that we're going to assume, like, fast forward six months from now and we're previewing the playoffs, we are going to tell listeners the Celtics are not quite as good as what their record looked like and the Bucks are slightly better than what their record looked like in a playoff setting, right? Like, we think that, so yeah. that's probably baked in the numbers too. And the existence of the Bucks in their, own, in their own conference, I think you're right, makes the Celtics, there's going to have to be some cushion for that in the numbers, so... I didn't want to bet it necessarily anyway, but I, I wondered if you thought that it's a now or never situation. I don't know if you're going to get a plus 450 later. I think that part could be a now or never, but yeah, I don't know that it's going to nosedive all the way to the 200 that I suggested, probably somewhere toward the middle. I also just kind of think like, I'm not more confident in this team in the playoffs than I was. That's what I'm saying. That's that. That's why I, I, I'm a little more confident. I'll feel better with, with Holiday and yeah. uh, I was going to say and Porzingis, but then I remember yeah. talking about the playoffs, so, so we'll see. Right. I'll feel a little more confident, I think. The depth matters a little bit less there, but also, I guess we got, we got Dame Giannis on the, on the, you know, like the team that they're going to have to face at here, some point. Here's probably. what I'd say. Wait for a regular season injury and bet him in season. Just get that. You can bet the title price then. There'll be somebody who'll miss a month of time and then books will overreact and bet him then. So don't bet now and don't bet the, wait to the end of the playoffs. Wait to the playoffs. Get there. Because I will tell you, by the time we get to the playoffs, you're not going to be looking for an upset. 
Like that's what we'll be looking for is we'll be looking yeah. for, for a number that's on a longer shot. I'm going to stay a lean on the Celtics. I don't think I talked myself into the over just, it's just a high number. And for all the, all the upside that we talked about, I, I still like the Tatum MVP bet. I like that even more. So I might maybe add a half unit to that position or something, but uh, your bet I'm lean. We like the Celtics. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Philadelphia 76ers, oh boy, uh, are at (laughs) 48.6 in the market. My withharded number is 53. I'm not betting this. Like, I'm not betting. What do you want me to do here? I'm. You want me to bet on a team with literally their second best player is actively talking about considering sabotage. Like, if they don't get this Clippers deal done, they're, Harden's going to act out. And it's going to get nasty and it's going to get ugly. And I honestly do not know where it stops. I've been saying this forever that if Harden gets moved and he doesn't return an all-star, I don't know what happens with Embiid. To me, there's like way more pathways to an under. But I don't want to bet it because I think the number is – if this number was above 50, I'd be hitting it. I'd be hitting it. Even with my projection being over, if this was 51 and a half, I'd probably be a, have a bet on the under based on all the ways this goes south. 48 and a half, it's not worth it to me. I'm going to stay away. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, when I initially did my projection for this team this summer and just did it assuming Harden would be on the team – I was so annoyed to find out that my numbers were telling me like, oh no, you're going to have to bet the over on this team. Oh no, the Sixers are a pretty good team and had a really good profile last season. And going into the playoffs, we, you and I just, just talked about Milwaukee and Boston. We, we had Philadelphia like pretty equal to those two teams last year on the basis of what they did in the regular season. They were really, really good. You bet Philly, didn't you? Didn't you bet Philly versus Boston? I would find that hard to believe. I, I may have because of a number. I think you did. I think you bet Philly versus Boston. I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check it out. I, I, I'm with you. I, I can't bet this team. I, I, I just can't. And it, It's not just James Harden. Obviously, that's the huge part of it. I'm not totally sure necessarily what to make of Nick Nurse replacing Doc Rivers either. I was no. surprised. Like, I've been a big Nick Nurse guy. But you had a lot of things to say about where he was with the Raptors last season and, and Raptors media and, and fans have had all those things to say and more now that he's gone. Nick Nurse, I was surprised to learn as I look back at the numbers, offensive rating the last four years, never top 10, not once, 11th to 16th all four years. He's not had great offensive teams because his teams go so crazy doing things defensively. And I think this team's defensive floor if they're like trying, it's pretty high. And so that probably gives them a relatively safe floor. But guess what? It doesn't because Joel Embiid might get traded or get hurt or like all the Joel Embiid things. Sorry. So I just, I can't bet an over-under the team. Uh, The one bet that I will make, and I'm trying, as I say all this now, to decide if it should be more than a sprinkle. Why wouldn't you just bet them to miss the playoffs at plus 650? Because 
Uh, we like Cleveland a lot. We like Milwaukee. We like Boston. We're pretty confident the Knicks will get to here. It's easy enough for the Sixers to at least slip into the play-in if things start to go sideways. And we've laid out the ways things can go sideways. Like, could could this team, could this team be this year's Brooklyn Nets, where they shouldn't have even really made the playoffs, but the first half of the year was good enough that they did, but then they trade all the dudes away and they just like sucked at the end and like we kind of forgot they even were in the postseason at all. Like that seems in play to me. I don't know. Plus 650 on I'm betting on James Harden does James Harden things and Joel Embiid does Joel Embiid things. Sorry about it. I feel pretty good about that bet at plus 650. I can't blame you. I think the problem here is you have to map out kind of all possibilities where Embiid doesn't leave. And which again, like there's been no reports of them considering trading him or that he wants out. Like he said some stuff this summer, but this season, it would be really kind of crazy. One of the things, though, here is let's imagine that they move hard. Let's say the deal is Terrence Mann and two picks that they that the Clippers win and they get that deal done. I don't think Maury does it. I think Maury is willing to go down with the ship. So he's not taking that trade. <laughs> let's say hypothetically it was okay. Um, Terrence Mann, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Patrick Beverly, Kelly Oubre, Daniel House, uh, Corkmaz, Mo Bamba. Melton, Paul Reed, Tyrese Maxey, Jaden Springer, who's looked pretty good in preseason. Yeah, I like him. Uh, of course you do. All the draft Knicks like Jaden Springer. Uh, <laughs> that That's just like a bunch of, of, of those are NBA players. Like those are just all NBA players. Yeah. And so well, that's, like a great defense and, and a high mm-hmm. floor team. As long as long as they play, as long as Embiid and Tobias and Maxey are healthy enough and on the court well, and like not sabotaging. And that's actually kind of interesting is that they did really well last year without Embiid. Now you could say like Harden. Yeah. Um, but actually the numbers, even without Harden and Embiid were okay too. So I'm not saying they're going to win a ton. Like if, look, if, if Embiid misses half the season, sure that we're, you're going to go under and you're, they're going to miss the playoffs. I just don't know that it's worth, I feel like a lot of 650 is, a good figure, I think, for betting the the risk outcome here. This is one of the problems is we just don't have a I don't think there's a very good way to short this team. No. I just don't think that there's a very that there's a mechanism in line with what their potentials are for us to short them. And we have this problem a lot with the markets. It's really just to miss the playoffs. And because we what I'd like is like an alternate I'd like an alternate seating spot. That's what I would like. Is I want like hmm. A, a different eight and a half, nine and a half, right? To be able I mean, to don't say, you just want playing odds at that point. Then why not do that? Because I think there's a possibility they go even further. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, the the I I want to cover all yeah. of the negative outcomes because if it goes bad, it could go real bad. Right, and then there are books that offer alternate unders, but it's not a wide range. You can alternate yeah. under like four or five wins, and I don't think that's the version that we're talking about here. No, we don't get Yeah, that's been my problem consistently. It was my problem with the, the Pelicans and Clippers, too, where it was like, I was like, OK, I'm just going to do uh, an alternate. And then you get there and you're like, this isn't it. This is not fun. Uh, <laughs> well, for I mean, example, if you think about like you, you and I are both smart enough to know in the NBA that like the, the alternate lows for NBA teams are real low. Like yeah. how many years ago was it when the Warriors went from winning the title to being like, oh, just kidding, 15 wins this season or whatever it was like. The NBA is such a superstar league that, like, I don't think that, like, books are too smart to offer super alternate lows because the bad scenarios go real bad real fast. The New York Knickerbockers, a really interesting team. I have a title bet on them based off of the possibility of if things go bad in Philadelphia, I think that this team goes way over because I think there's a good chance they land Joel Embiid if he were to be traded. The number in the market, 45.6. So just a tick above 45 and a half. That's pretty much the standard across the market. Uh, Brian, I have this on the dot. I have a 45.7. So there's no bet I'm going to make on their regular season performance. Your seed bet, I think, is pretty good um, in terms of, of what the Eastern Conference looks like. But even then... I like this team a lot. I just think that the that the, the market is actually, for once, it's been really weird with the Knicks in that last couple of years. This one, I think, is actually pretty sharp. So I'm going to leave it alone and stick with uh, just living it as a stay away. I like some of the, the postseason possibilities of this t- team, depending on what they look like. I love their offense, which was second in the league after the All-Star break. 
uh, but their defense fell off after being top mm-hmm. 10 for a short period during the regular season. I don't really know what to expect in terms of their t- team makeup other than, yeah, they're going to be pretty good. They got a lot of good players. Jalen Brunson's great. Emmanuel Quickly. Julius Randle will either have a good or terrible year and nothing in between. <laughs> uh, Mitchell Robinson is Mitchell Robinson, who's a very serviceable center who can uh, destroy my Cavaliers playoff bets. There's a lot to like about this team, and there's a lot that's just like, it's fine, but they're fine enough, and this number is fine. 45 is a fine season. Yeah. So I don't have any sort of, I have no play on the New York Knicks. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that, like, I think the easy narrative is like, oh, it's the Knicks. They're rated too high, and so we should take the under, and they're going to fade. But the reality is we got two of the last three years now that this was a team with expected 47 wins, that it had a top 10 net rating in in those two years. Like, we kind of know what the Knicks are, and and that is a good, not great regular season team. Like, that's it. That's what they are. They're going to try hard with Tibbs. They're going to show up every night and try hard. We know that they're going to have a great bench unit. That's the thing that they do. And that's going to always help them in the regular season. Brunson's been really good for them and has really stabilized the offense. I think it's a fake formula when it gets to the playoffs, but you get elite offensive rebounding. They don't turn it over. That's Jalen Brunson. The EFG is bad. That's why we get to the playoffs and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, we got to actually score buckets now. How does that work? In the regular season, it works. So yeah, I, I, I thought... That I'd be over here, but I, I do think that the books kind of adjusted the number correctly. I would lean over, but it's it's like I, I've certainly not been in the under, but it's a pass for me. The under six and a half seed, I have I believe like a five or six game drop off. So I have the Knicks as the five seed right now at forty eight. So betting an under six and a half seed normally wouldn't stick out, but it's the win range where I have the Knicks at forty eight wins, but my six seed. And my six and seven is 42 wins. Mm, so I have okay. a, a six win drop off and I still can have one more spot in there. So even if like one of those next teams jumps, I'm still good on that bet. So I like that one. I forgot to have this in my notes. I kind of like this. Now I'm thinking about it. We like our one, two finishes. We love Boston. Couldn't bet them for the division. The number is bad. Boston one, Knicks two is plus 310. I feel like that's not a terrible way to fade Philadelphia. And bet on the Knicks being like competent and just kind of what they are in 45 to 48, 50-ish wins. I think that's enough to finish second if it's not Philadelphia. We didn't do Brooklyn and Toronto yet, but I don't think either of us have them quite in that range. I I don't mind Boston, New York, 1-2 finish as a fade Philly sort of play. What do you think about that angle? I think I'm going to bet that to bankroll a plus 800 on the Knicks to win the division. If I can, I, I can hear your revulsion. I can hear, I can hear it emanating through the camera. <laughs> um, here's the thing. If we're wrong on this, on the Celtics, and there's a very easy way that we're wrong on the Celtics. If Drew and Chris Tapps gets hurt, they can't get over the number. They can't get to 50. If they miss Drew and Chris Tapps for a significant portion of time, like they're going to be no, a 40. 40- or anyone or, or Tatum, but those yeah. are the guys more likely to get hurt. Yeah, I'm well, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, Tatum, knock on wood, Tatum and Brown have been pretty durable and they're still, they're still below. Other than the base hands. Yeah. And they're still below 27, right? Versus like, Drew's up there. Like Drew's really, really kind of up there. Um, And if they get hurt, now it's like, okay, well, they got Derek White, but (laughs) behind him is Peyton Pritchard. And then with Chris Tapps, like you mentioned, it's Al Horford, who's going to have to miss time because he's old. And Wendy and Gabriel. So here's the thing. It's just like, there is a downside with the Celtics, with these teams that are, are so top heavy that I think is there. I think you're right that it's, this probably happens, but I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to bankroll one, two. And it's like, yeah, but what about the Sixers? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I could lose both, but I want to be able to, to basically bet on what you, I want to be able to bet on one of those two is going to finish one. And I like the number at 800 on the next to win the division. Yeah, I see, a, I see a 900, and I'm guessing if you look, I don't have it in front of me, but if you looked, you could probably find the opposite, the the Knicks 1, Celtics 2. You're probably going to get like a 10 or 11 to 1 then too. So you can just grab both sides of that as the fade Philly, lock in these top two. Yeah, I, I'm going to not go quite that far. I I feel like I'm going to do my Philly fade is going to be my, my missed playoffs and my 1-2 Boston-New York finish here. 
But just for listeners' sake, I'm going to go ahead and lock those in as leans, which for me is a half unit on both of those. So half unit on the Sixers miss the playoffs, half unit on Boston, New York, 1-2 finish at plus 310. The Toronto Raptors, who have had themselves an offseason. Fred Van Vliet walks out the door despite them offering him a ton of money. Houston offered him more. He walks. They replace him with Dennis Schroeder. Yikes. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, FIBA MVP. That's right. Show some Dennis respect. Schreuder. Dennis Schroeder. Uh, in the market, Toronto Raptors at 36.3. There's some 35 and a half and some 36 and a half out there. Uh, I have them projected at 34.25. This is an under for me. How like, I have to downgrade them based off of losing Fred Van Vliet. They were not a good team. They lost their starting point guard, who was at worst their fourth best player, arguably their third best player last season still. Um, that's enough higher. That we're higher. That's enough for me to go in that direction. I've kind of sworn off betting against the Raptors. I'm not going to make this a, a heavy play because of that, because they've been so consistently confounding where they're not good, but wind up winning games. But last year, it kind of, the luck ran out. They've talked so much about moving Siakam. He, to his credit, has been a total pro in Training camp, everyone loves Darko, the new coach. They love him. It sounds like the ball movement they're very excited about. They could play a very exciting brand of basketball, and that could bust this number just with simple like moving guys playing a better brand of basketball can oftentimes lift teams if they're especially if they were so sick of nurse because it's kind of been like one of the off season themes. Like if you're going to believe in the Raptors, it's basically it's a breath of fresh air, and they're just going to be a little bit more invested, but. Man, we look at this roster. Uh, Thad Young still hanging around. Garrett Temple still hanging around. The, those two guys are the oldest guys on the roster. Dennis Schroeder and Otto Porter. Don't know if Otto's what Otto's situation is ever going to be. Uh, then Jakob Pertl and Siakam. Then Chris Boucher. Then OG Ananobi. Gary Trent Jr., who's still on this team. Uh, and then Jalen McDaniels and Scotty Barnes. And... You know, like Precious Achua is there. Like they got some dudes, and they, everybody really likes the uh, the rookie Grady Dick. Yes, that's his name, Grady Dick. But I, I just don't see it with this roster. This does, roster doesn't make sense together. They have all these trade concerns. It's a rookie head coach. I feel comfortable betting the under for a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm effectively with you on the analysis. I just I, I don't need to play this team. It's it's one of the teams that I just don't feel like I have a handle on. And and I don't say that about a lot of teams, but this is a team where I'm just like I just I, I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't understand the roster. I don't know what's happening here. And I don't, I'm a Masai Ujiri guy, but I'm, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's going to do with this team. I don't trust that Siakam and Ananobi and others will be on the roster later in the year. Uh, Toronto's pick this year has been traded, but is top six protected. I don't trust that if things aren't going great, that Toronto wouldn't just like blow it up and trade off guys who I believe, if I'm remembering, I believe Siakam and Ananobi are in the last year of the contract. So you got to do it now or never get something for it. Like if, again, we just talked about this. We don't have ways to bet alternate unders. I would not be at all surprised if the Raptors won 40 and made the play in or whatever. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they won 35 and just missed out. That's kind of the range I have them at. So it's a pass for me. The thing I would be least surprised by is that the Raptors just like blew it up, trade away Siakam, trade away Ananobi, never really had a good offense because I don't see it with the guys that they have. You lost Fred Van Vliet, you lost Nick Nurse, who I like. I don't know what Darko is going to do, but Darko and Schroeder from Nurse and Fred Van Vliet, I have to treat as a serious downgrade. Like, could, could I bet on the Raptors to have the worst record in the league or a bottom five record or something like that? I'm not predicting it. I just feel like I, if I was going to do anything with this team, a negative tail outcome is the sort of thing that I would bet. Um, I don't know if we're going to get there. I bet this team, when we did our initial win total reads in July, I had uh, this team was my third pick. I took an under 37 and a half. So a slight CLV there. However, I don't love that bet personally. Like that's basically where I have the number. I'm not going to hedge out of it because I'm fine with it. But like, I don't know. I'd be running to grab that right now. I just, I feel like if they play the season out, this is kind of that 35, 40 ish win range, but I don't know what they are. I, what do you think about the idea? I don't even know if there's a way to do it, but 
Do you think that I'm crazy to suggest a bottom five record gunning for the number one pick sort of team? Is that is that in the realm of possibility for this squad? Yeah, I think so. I just think that they're always kind of they've they've seemed so long within the range of completely pivoting to a rebuild. Oh well, and here's uh, more motivation. Their 2024 first round pick goes to San Antonio, protected selections one through six. Yeah, that's that's so. that's my point. It's like yeah. if if they're in the range, if they're if they're like on the lower end of the play in with a few weeks left, and the upside, like if if they're in the Maverick spot from a year ago, where uh-huh. it's like, well, we could maybe get in there, but we're going to really do anything once we get there. I don't think so. Yeah. We're we're losing these guys this offseason anyway. Like, let's pack it in. I feel like the, that's uh, in play. The the one thing I'll say is there's been some conversation about ownership from MLSE, various people within side MLSE being more involved. And those decisions almost always become try and make the playoffs. We want the revenue. So, sure. So that's I, a, that's the, the one bet I had on this team that I think I'm going to pass on now. I had it as a lean. Um, and because of the Philly reason we talked about is while pass now to finish last in the division as plus one Oh five. Mm-hmm. If you don't think Philly is a bottom end scenario, and even if they, like we talked about, they got a lot of dudes. So even if they have a bad scenario, it may not be a bottom end one. We're basically at Toronto, Brooklyn head to head for last in the division. We're going to talk about Brooklyn in a second. I kind of like the Nets. So on a head to head bet, and maybe that's up. Maybe there's some books put up just a, a like head to head Brooklyn versus Toronto. I'd feel pretty good about Brooklyn in that one. So I don't mind that, but because of the the downside of Philly, unknown with Harden, I guess I'll stay away. But how do you feel about kind of a head-to-head and a last-in-division sort of look for the Raptors? I don't, I don't feel it. <laughs> like, sure. You know, it's it's like, oh, it's plus 105. <laughs> sure. Like, not a bad bet, yeah. but it's not... I, I, we, not all of our bets are exciting, but I don't have conviction on it. And that's the thing. is like, I don't have I don't have conviction on the side, and I don't have a compelling number. So for me, it's like, I can't tell you no, but yeah, I'm but, just like, why bother? Yeah, right? this, this, uh, my my response to me is this is a classic Brandon tried too hard to find a bet for a team. And I think that that's yeah. probably the best thing I can find, but we just don't need one. Yeah, I don't need it. Lastly, last theme of the preview is Brooklyn Nets in the market 37.1. I have them at 38.3. So I got an, a lean over here. I think this roster is going to be pretty good. I think the team's going to be pretty good. I think Jacques Vaughn's going to be a pretty good coach. There's a chance that this team is way better than we expect, but they were pretty bad after the deadline. Like yeah, after the really trade bad. of Kevin Durant, this team really did kind of fall off. And I don't know necessarily that they've gotten like way, way worse or way better in the off season. They also didn't get worse. Like they haven't moved guys. Uh, we're going to do the Ben Simmons thing again, where people talk about him. <laughs> I'm not betting him for all NBA this year. I'll tell you that them that much. Um, I love, I love Cam Johnson. I love Mikhail Bridges. But they'll, they're going to move probably Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith at some point this season, and they might get somebody who makes them better. They have kind of bandied about a couple of trade options to try and actually get like a, a an upgrade in a couple of spots. They're a team to watch for trades, so there is some upside here. I think it's over or nothing, but it's not compelling enough for me to want to get in. They are going to lose to a lot of better teams in this conference. So for me, it's a stay away, but a lean over. Yeah, that that's right where I'm at. I think this is one of the more well-set lines on the market. It's basically right about where I have it. I have the Nets 24th on offense. That's the problem. But I have them ninth defensively. I think there's some like serious top five potential defensively, especially if Ben Simmons actually plays basketball this year. Like Simmons and Mikhail Bridges and Nick Claxton, it's a really good defense. And we already saw a pretty good defense with the core of this group last year. But let me give you the numbers. You talked about the fall off after trading away all the guys last year. And like, look, obviously you trade away Durant and everyone, you're going to get worse, but it was bad. From February 11th forward, which is about when the trades all set in, they went 12 and 19. They had a minus 1.5 net rating. So that's an under basically on this number. They dropped from a 52 win pace to a 32 win pace. The 20 win swing is massive. Offensively, we tell EFG is the most compelling numbers here. Their EFG dropped from 58.5 to 53. So first in the NBA to 25th. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't have 
Kyrie and Kevin Durant just making all the shots yeah. anymore. Sorry, that's what happens. Like, there's not enough offense on this team. And defensively, they dropped from number one EFG to 10th because guess what? When your offense isn't making the other team take out take the ball out underneath their basket every time, that hurts the defense a little bit too. So I, I, I'm kind of the opposite with this team on the, what I just said about the Raptors. I could see a world where like, there's just a bunch of dudes on this team. Like I like most of the players on this team. Like you said, I like the guys that are here. And if I was going to bet a tail end, this is one where I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them win 44 games, 45, 46 games. Like I, I think that the defense could be really, really good. And they just like show up every night and try. I'm not going to predict it. I don't think I need to bet it, but like, I don't know. I I like the collection of guys here and I don't see a ton of offense, but they seem like a team that's just going to try hard each night. I think Jacques Vaughn has done a pretty good job with the team. I like that in, in uh, the opposite of Toronto here, Brooklyn has traded away. It's picked to Houston, no protections. So there's no tanking here. There's no reason to tank. They're just going to try. They're going to have their dudes and try to win. And who knows? They might trade some of them away. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. This is a final form of a team, but like, I don't know. They, they seem like a team that's going to be in the mix. And you said there's a lot of East teams that are going to beat them. There's a lot of East teams they can beat. Like, I think they can kind of be, I have them in the playing range. So I don't have a bet here, but I, I kind of like the team a little bit. I can talk you into it. Okay. Okay. Um, what is, what is the stat? that you care most about when establishing regular season floor defensive rating. Okay. Now you just mentioned the effective field goal percentage dropping off a cliff at the end of last year. Bear in mind that they sat a bunch of guys at various times. Cause they were being cautious with like various guys that they knew they were going to look to trade in the summer. They knew that the season was over. They were reconfiguring and they yeah. were trying to figure out a whole new roster on the fly. Like, one of the biggest things in, in in terms of defense, you know, you need communication. You have to know what your partner is going to be doing in pick and roll situations and in rotations. That will be better after a year, uh, after a full summer and uh, and training camp. Are you aware of how good Dennis Smith Jr. was defensively last year? He, he was really good. I like I'm not I can't lie and tell you I watched it happen a lot, but I know the metrics and I was like, oh, OK, that happened. I, I didn't believe it. So I went back and like I did. I quote hashtag did the work like i went back and watched <laughs> all of his possessions defensively that man is was a beast last year in epm defensively plus 3.8 99th percentile last season for dennis smith jr you love point of attack defenders now i'm not as big on point of attack defenders because i'm like it doesn't matter if you don't have the rim protection but guess what they have they have a switching on switching defense with nick claxton Teams have gotten better at switching, but Claxton also got a little bit better at contain last season, dropping as the big. You have Mikhail Bridges, Dennis Smith Jr., Nick Claxton. That's your defensive core in a lot of, of, of lineups and, and rotation. And maybe Ben Simmons still. Maybe Ben Simmons. And maybe Ben Simmons, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. Like, there are plus defenders all over this roster. Yeah. And there are very few in, like, the key guys that were not defensive pluses. So like, what if this is just a team that we look back and go, why didn't we bet them to be to be better? Why didn't we bet an all over? Because their defense is so good. Like they're just a pain to play against. Good coaching, great defensive personnel, guys playing for contracts and next teams. I mean, that's the direction I lean on this team. Clearly, like I, I think the defense is there. I did have I, I forget his name, so I apologize, but I had someone on Twitter uh, just today in my DMs asking me about Ben Simmons is 22 to one, I believe to make all defense, no. all defense. No, no. All defense. If ben Simmons plays no. he's an all defense caliber player. He was last year when he played. We're not giving out Ben Simmons futures anymore. On Listen, this podcast. I, no, don't do we on me. I pushed back hard on that last year. And you were like, no, no, no. Ben Simmons to make All-NBA. Oh, I guess his first team All-NBA is fine. I'll just keep the bet anyway. It was a ludicrous bet. Do not go to the we on that. Ben Simmons 22 to 1 as like a long shot if the Nets thing is real. I don't mind that. My problem is, I think like we're talking about like what's the best scenario. If we're right about the, the Nets being like a 44 to 46 win team, the defense is really good. They are like the five seed. I think the answer is obvious. Mikhail Bridges just wins most improved. Like that's the yeah. thing. He's the favorite anyway. Yeah. 
The points yeah. will be there. The reason that we didn't pick him is because the wins aren't there. But if the wins are enough there too, it's just that. And now I'm back to betting a favorite on an award. And we both know <laughs> neither one of us wants to do that. So I, I don't sure. see a way to bet it. But I, I'll, I'll say this. The Nets are a team that I will look to bet early in the season, night to night. I, I think that that's the way I can play this is I think they'll be undervalued because of the defensive floor and that they might be able to give some value early on in the season. Okay. That's 30 teams. We did it. We did all of the pods, all of the divisions. You can check them all out in the feed. Next week, we'll have best bets rolling through for you on various awards, futures, props, all sorts of great stuff for you getting ready for the start of the season. We are, as we're recording this, about 10 days from the start of the NBA season. Excited to begin it with you. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as well as our crack team over in the video squad, putting this up on YouTube. Appreciate you guys. We will see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.